Welcome back to the Holy Unqualified Podcast, where my co-host Joe... Wait, wait a second, wait a second. I thought this was the One Answer, Two Question Podcast. You were right. It was the One Answer, Two Question Podcast. But now it is the Holy, H-O-L-Y, Unqualified Podcast. I don't even know what that means. Well, Joe... The only thing that was less understandable than wholly unqualified was one answer, two questions. <laughs> That's for sure. That might explain why we changed it. We felt that wholly unqualified was a much better reflection of who we are as people and how we feel about ourselves in this podcast, which is we love the Lord with all our heart, but we're not qualified in any way, shape, or form to have this podcast. But here we are anyways. Along with that, we also have an amazing opportunity today where we got an interview with Rick Osborne. Now, if you don't know Rick Osborne, Rick Osborne has over 10 million books in print worldwide. And he is a guest on our show in what turns out to be a three-part series of episodes. What you're about to listen to is the first part in that three-part series. Rick actually has a course coming out. Be sure to check out the description for this podcast for links on how you can sign up for this course. And without further ado, we bring you part one of the Holy Unqualified podcast interview with Rick Osborne. How's it going, Shane? Good, Joe. How are you today? I'm pretty lit up. I'm pretty lit up. You're lit up? You're lit up. Why is that? I've had too much caffeine. Too much caffeine? I've had a lot of caffeine today. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it may have something more to do with the uh, the special guest that we have, uh, we have on the show today. I couldn't be more excited about this. I initially received an email probably three months ago about an author named Rick Osborne. And I had never heard of him because I don't read a lot of books outside of the Bible and some self-help stuff. But <laughs> it, <laughs> it was expressed It was expressed to me that, that I needed to listen to Rick. And I approached listening to Rick the same way I approach listening to every person I meet. It's with reluctance, a bit of attitude, and I'm looking to pick it apart and figure out what, what I find wrong with it, hopefully because I'm looking for the truth. And in listening to a few of, of Rick's messages, I couldn't pick it apart. Everything that he was teaching, I could find right there in the Bible. And so, Shane, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's actually authored and co-authored books which have sold over 10 million copies worldwide. Uh, that is that is a mind-boggling number to me. The idea that this gentleman that has – we're going to be talking to has 10 million books out there. And, and I just want to interject. When Joe's talking about his skepticism and having a guest – he, he is not doing justice to just how skeptical and critical of a potential guest he <laughs> possibly could be. So when I tell you that he passed Joe's litmus test with flying colors <laughs> and, and, and went from skepticism to Joe being like sh calling me up going, Shane, you have got to listen to this gentleman. You have we have got to have him on the podcast. And, and then I, I listened to some of what Rick has been doing and I go, oh, OK, I understand why. Yeah. How many zeros are in 10 million? More than I have in my bank account, I can promise you. <laughs> I don't know if we can put that off any longer. We'd like to introduce you all to Rick Osborne. Yes, sir. Rick, thank you for being here. Hey, it is an honor, you guys. It really is an honor to be here. I've listened to your podcast and love what you guys do. And I love just the chemistry that both of you have. And man, it's, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to connect. And I got to say, 
wholly unqualified, great name, but probably with audio only there. Well, I guess they've seen the logo by now, but the fact that it's H-O-L-Y, wholly unqualified, that is just such a beautiful name, such a beautiful play on words that is so strong and a paradox that's not a paradox and so doctrinally correct. Every time I think about it, I just go, what a great name. (laughs) Well, thank you. I was going to say thank you, thank you, and thank you. And thank you again for being here. For for our guests, Rick, that that are coming to you for the first time today, can you give us just a little, a brief introduction on on who you are, how you came to faith, how you came to be in the position that you're in now with millions of books in print? Sure, I can give you the uh, I can give you the short short version, which is probably the best <laughs> way to do it. And we can dig down if you want to dig down with anything, but. Um, my teenage years, I was raised in the uh, the heart of the city, and my teenage years were kind of a blur, you know, drugs and alcohol and definitely going the wrong direction in life. Just before my 19th birthday, um, uh, I had a, 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 a huge experience with God. Uh, my parents took me to see uh, the Jesus film, and it just impacted me so much because I wasn't a Christian, but I had been raised with an understanding of Bible stories and the Bible and stuff like that. And uh, the big question that was on my heart that night was, um, Jesus did all that for me. What was I doing for him? Mm -hmm. Mm, And um, tough guy with my long hair and my biker boots and everything like that. I pushed my way out of the theater after the movie was finished without saying goodbye to my girlfriend or anything to my parents. And I just started to run. I didn't even know why. And um, finally, when I couldn't run anymore, I stopped and I said, God, I have no idea how to find you or how to serve you or who you are. But I said, if you show me, I'll give you the rest of my life. And, you know, I, <laughs> Joe, Shane, I had never heard that language before. I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, and um, I gave God, okay, you can tell the attitude and where I was as an almost 19-year-old, I gave God a time limit. <laughs> I said, you got two weeks. Said, you got two weeks? <laughs> I said, God, you got two weeks to show me. And if you show me, my life is yours. If you don't, I'm just going to get on with my life because I can't figure this out on my own. If, if you want me to figure this out on my own, then you're not the one who gave me this brain. <laughs> so as soon as I prayed that prayer, just peace, all of that anxiety, all of that, everything just left me and I total, total peace. I brought so much peace. I, I, <laughs> I had also made some commitments to God about what I wasn't going to do because I had a kind of a knowledge of, you know, what the sin was in my life. Right. <laughs> I wasn't going to do for two weeks. Well, I got so much peace in that moment. I, you know, I, I forgot about that part. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so within two weeks, I was at a, at a, I was invited to what I thought was a businessman's meeting. It's about business because I've always been interested, even as a young man and in getting into business. And, um, and it turned out to be a businessman's meeting. And that night, when they made the altar call, I had remembered during the message that it was exactly two weeks 
from the time I had that conversation with God. Wow. And they had the altar call and nothing in that meeting, nothing that was said, nothing had impacted me. Nothing had convinced me that this was the truth. And I was looking around for the exit. And the next thing I know, I was standing in front, in front of a very tall man at the front of the church who was saying to me, do you want to accept Jesus? And I heard myself say yes. Wow. Well, miraculously transported me from my seat. Now, my mother saw me walk, so I did actually walk, but I made no decision. And next thing I know, I heard myself say yes. And I had such a radical, radical transformation that my friends, my party friends, um, thought that I had joined some cult because I wasn't even the same person anymore. And that night I said, Lord, my life is yours. And I have been following that path every morning for the last, I think it's 42 years now. And just, just doing exactly what God told, shows me to do and tells me to do. And that included starting out with an idea for a board game, if you can believe it, that God gave me a Christian board game. And that led to kids books and that led to parenting books. And that led to me just publishing like crazy and helping, helping a lot of people understand God's word. That's kind of been the, yeah, that's kind of been what God's had me do since, since I made that commitment is, is just do that. Now that skips out a lot of stuff, but that gives you the heart because <laughs> the heart of who I am and my relationship with God started right there with him meeting me in that incredible way and showing me and grounding me firmly in who he was and who I was going to be. Well, Rick, I, I will say that, the I mean, I love everything about that story, but the piece that really hits home to me is when you're talking about that, that altar call moment where you didn't even realize that you were walking up to make the altar call and say yes to accepting Jesus. And the, and the reason that hits me so hard is because I think that so many of the people that listen to this podcast, and I think in the conversations Joe and I have had over the last you know many years, and both on the podcast and privately, you know that's the piece that I think we're all really looking for is that that such perfect closeness that it's it's not us in control; it's us just following what the Lord has set for us, and not us in our own brains trying to figure out, well, should I do X, Y, or Z? It's just him taking that control and moving us forward in the direction where there's no uncertainty going, yes, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Well said, and you're right. A lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. I, I had asked, and I know now looking back on it, that, that the Lord was demonstrating to me even then which is such a uh, foundation to my Christian faith, what the new covenant is and how it's so different from the old covenant, that it is actually him that's doing it within us and that Jesus is our guarantor in this, this covenant. Um, you know, but that's, that's a longer topic. But at the time I had said to him, I need you to show me. And if you show me, then my life is yours. And that wasn't, that wasn't, I, I got to tell you, and for all the, those that are listening, that wasn't a, you know, a flippant God, I don't believe that you are, or, you know, you, you should show me that was my heart being poured out and my heart really saying, I want to know. Wow. Yeah. Rick, if you were having a conversation with someone who's questioning how to let, like, as they say, let go and let God, how do you practically release yourself to God's will in that way? 
Well, I would say it's it's that same way. You get to that get to that point where you're, or even ask God to get you to the point where it, it's your heart, where your heart wants to know, your heart wants to follow, your heart is crying out, you know. And then then from that place, you you meet the Father because when when we're not in that place, when we're in the place of, and I'm not saying. God can't take us to the place. That's why I say, ask him to help you get there. God can take us to the place no matter where we are. When we say to him, I want to be in that place. I want to want to, <laughs> as I used to say. It's like as a, young, as a young Christian, I remember one time there being an altar call and, it, and everybody was going up the front. It wasn't for salvation, but for something else. And it just did not resonate with me. And I remember praying to God, it's, I, I, I'm not going to go up there just because everybody else is. It's not, it's, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting this. It doesn't make sense to me. And then these words came out of my mouth. I said, God, if you want this for me, then I want to want to. Give me the want to. Rick, you, Rick, you, you're crushing me right now. And the reason I say that you're crushing me right now is in the mornings I swim and I try to make my swim a prayer where I'm just sort of repeating a Bible verse or something like that. And I try to get into the deep meditative prayer state while I'm swimming laps. And this morning, that was exactly what kept coming to me is the phrase, I want to want to know you more. Wow. Not a mental thing, but the desire, that that heart desire of I want to know you like so deeply that it's like I'm thirsting for it. Like there's nothing more that I want than that. And not as a, a sort of like piece of something on my checklist or like I'd like this to happen, but that just deep desire to be there. And just this morning, that is the exact phrase. I'm, I'm, Rick, I'm serious, man. You're crushing me with this right now. Wow, that is that is so God, Shane. That is that is so God. Just setting both of us up here. <laughs> well, well, folks, it's been good. I, I think I'm done here. No, just... <laughs> yeah, Joe, uh, uh, Joe, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to ask a few questions, buddy, because I, I I don't know that I have much that I can contribute at the moment. That's it. That's it. Um, well, the, the, I don't know if I if I relate directly, but indirectly, I would say that I, the way I was the way I was raised. I mean, my family bounced around to every different church that we could find, and in my in my young understanding, I I struggled with believing, like really believing, and it was this it was almost this type of thing where. I had been surrounded by it for so long that this was what I was supposed to believe. And in the same way that you might believe in Santa Claus or you might believe any number of things like that. And it, it wasn't real. Somehow it wasn't real. It was this, it was this religion, you know, like this corporate religious ideal that was, that was around me all the time that I couldn't really connect with. And similar to what I'm hearing you say, Rick, is I actually had a, a moment where where God reached out to me 
and and my my approach was all right god you want to have a relationship with me that's fine but if we're going to do this it's going to be one on one <laughs> you know cuz i can't deal with all of this other stuff that i've been taught for so long it, it, it it's, there there wasn't anything wrong with what i was being taught necessarily it's that i it wasn't connecting to me practically i didn't i wasn't having a relationship i wasn't having that relationship until that point when i decided to go okay the relationship is what I'm seeking, but how do I seek that? How do I find that? Yeah, that's that's incredible. And that's, you know, what I went to, what the Lord went on to teach me in the, um, in the intervening years before that story and now was how faith, especially in the new covenant, is so incredibly personal, right? It's like in the the old covenant, we read, you know, Mount Sinai and Moses and the thunder and the lightning and the cloud on top of the mountain and Moses going up for the Ten Commandments and everybody being fearful and the whole, you know, don't let anyone touch the mountain. And, you know, in the midst of that, God is letting the Israelites know that he wants them to be a nation of kings and priests, that he wants them all to know him. And uh, at one point, the leaders of Israel come and say, you know, we didn't even know that you could hear God's voice or talk to him and not die. And we feel pretty lucky that we did and we're not dead. (laughs) (laughs) So so Moses, could you take it from here? And religion was born. Well, at least the, uh, the old covenant, because Moses became the intermediary. Moses, a man, Moses, not God, Moses, a man. But Moses said that, that, that there would be one coming that was like him, an intermediary, that they needed to listen to, everybody needed to listen to. And of course, he was talking about Jesus. And you you go forward into Paul's writings. And Paul writes in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not, not so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. And he's echoing the fact that even when he's not there, it's not about him being a Moses. Even if he's up on the mountain, it's about their individual faith, their individual relationship with God. And I just show you how the context shows that. He says, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. In other words, this is the, the new covenant is a, is a, is a calling to a, a new intermediary who is God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And he's amazing. He is our teacher. He's the one that talks to us face to face like a man talks to a friend, which was symbolized when Moses did that. That's what it was talking to. So now he's saying, work out your own salvation. And sometimes we get caught up with in in the religion of today in our churches and stuff like that. We're constantly trying to find the church or the man or the woman or the whatever that has the truth and, and, and find it. And then we get hurt by people. And, and sometimes it's because we're putting, again, under the old covenant, we're putting people between ourselves and God. Rick, can you unpack the, the, the old covenant and the new covenant briefly for, for, those of us who aren't really familiar with that well that that's joe that's 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 a perfect question because let me just finish this verse because it goes right into that he says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling what's he talking about that's 
they were fear and trembling at the foot of that mountain. But what they did was they said, okay, Moses, you take over. He's saying, no, this time, understanding who God is and that he's got the truth and that he loves you, but he is God. This time, this time it's different. This time you work out your own salvation. You have one Lord and one master, right? And then he says, work, and we, everyone in here is going to go, work out your own salvation. Isn't that, how are we supposed to do that? Isn't that a lot? But this verse 13 is the key and it is, defines the new covenant for or because, or in other words, you can work out your own salvation for it is God who works in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. Or I love the way one translation puts it. It's God who's at work within you, causing you to want to do. Remember that? I was praying, Shane, I was praying, I want to want to before I even knew this verse. It's God who's at work within you, causing you to want to do and do his good pleasure. And that's the difference. The old covenant, it was was a religion. It was a step away from God. It wasn't a relationship with God because we couldn't have that yet because in the garden we had stepped outside of God and outside of being one with him, which is what God always meant for us to have happen. In Christ, he took care of the sin issue. So the Bible says that we're hidden in God in Christ or with Christ in Colossians. So what happens is we're joined back again because the sin issues have been taken care of and we're joined back again with the Father and the Bible says we're a partaker of the divine nature or the Holy Spirit is back inside of us changing us from the inside out. It's not anymore like in the prophets it said, God said in Ezekiel 25 that I I took the Israelites by the hand and yet they wouldn't listen. But then he goes on to talk about the new covenant and says that I'm coming within you. I'm going to give you a new heart and put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. So sometimes what happens is we, we don't understand what the new covenant is. So we're, 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 we're looking for men, for church, for somebody to show us the way or trying to kind of help us through this. And the whole time what the Bible is calling us to is a direct relationship with the with our Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. Okay. Okay, so the old covenant is sort of the way where we they were looking for Moses, they were looking for a man outside of themselves and they were looking for all of these let's say religious hoops to jump through in order to attain something that they could not they could not attain of themselves anyway. And in the new covenant, what we have in in Christ, what has been offered to us is a relationship, a a one-on-one relationship that we can have with God directly. Is that right? Exactly. And, and 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 a way of summing that up is in the old covenant, God said, and he was showing us that we needed, we needed him. We needed the Holy Spirit. We needed the sin issue taken care of so that we could live one with him again and one with his spirit like Adam and Eve did before they left the garden. But he said in the old covenant, he said, if you do your part, I'll do mine. And we, we all know all of us who have read the old covenant, the old Testament know how that worked out. (laughs) But in the, in the new covenant, he said, I'll do my part. And I'm sending my son to do your part in you. Wow. So the Bible talks about him being our guarantor 
of the new covenant. He, is, he, he died as our guarantor as both God and man, as the intermediary between the two, guaranteeing that God would do his part and guaranteeing that we would do ours. And when we submit to that relationship with Jesus Christ and let him teach us, let him train us, let him change us, and we walk with him and we have that face-to-face relationship, everything changes because we're no longer struggling. We're letting him do it inside of us and we're cooperating with our Lord, Savior, Teacher, Master, who walks with us in a more real way than he walked with Peter, James, and John when he was on this earth. So then let me ask you this question. And, I, and clearly, Joe and I's faith, we, you know, we're already there. But for somebody listening that maybe has this sense of, well, I believe in God. I mean, I believe there's something out there that this isn't all an accident. You know, why can't I just have a relationship with God without believing in the, the whole Jesus thing? Like, why, why do I have to believe in that part of it in order for it to be perfected? I mean, how would you maybe, you know, answer somebody who had that question on their heart? That's, that's Shane, that's a great question. And it, there really is a, I mean, there's, there's a complicated answer and there's a simple answer. And I'm going with the simple answer because the complicated one is just, you know, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and making it work every way theologically. But the simple answer is this. What God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. Where do we see that in nature? Because he created everything. We see that in our children. You know, it's like, Shane, you would like to point at your kids and say, you know, my daughter looks like you and my son. And, and yo, know, I just I just saw you in the way our daughter just said that. And we see our kids, how they reflect us. And in a minor way, that shows what God was saying when he said, let's make man in our image and likeness. And what he was talking about was he's talking about having children. And he only created one part of all of creation to be his children. And there's only one way to be his child, and that's to live in and from him. Now, I'm going to blow some people's minds here by saying this, but Peter said it, not me. He said that we are partakers of the divine nature. In other words, when we our sin were, was forgiven, we were outside of the Father. We weren't connected with him by the Spirit. We see Adam God breathed his spirit into Adam, and Adam was one with the Father. He had his spirit in him. The communion that he had with God was from the inside out, not the outside in, not religion. So what happened was the sin issue took all of mankind out of the garden and away from that. And what happens is Jesus paid for the sin, so we all have that decision to come back And the Holy Spirit fills us. That's what happens when we're born again. The Spirit of God comes into us, and all of a sudden we are one spirit with him again, sharing in everything that God is. Now, we'll never be God. We won't be omnipresent. We won't be omniscient. We won't be. But as his children, we are sharing in his nature, sharing in his heart, learning to know him, walking with him in a face-to-face way that is amazing. He becomes our father. When Jesus got out of the, just rose from the dead, he said to Mary, go and tell my disciples that my father and your father, that's what he was excited about. 
And that's the difference. That's what makes the, the huge difference. Why do we need Jesus? Well, if you don't, if you're tired of religion, if you're tired of earning your own way, if you're tired of falling, you know, and you know, doing this and doing that and not getting it right, and you're looking for a father who will love you and keep you and walk with you and teach you and cause you to be all you were created to be, then the key for for bringing you back into what you were created to be is Jesus Christ because he died in your place and gave you his. That's awesome. That's awesome, Rick. This time has gone by so fast. <laughs> I hope you have more time to visit with us. Um, we're going to have to finish for this episode, but we'd love to have you back. Will you be able to come back and talk with us some more, Rick? Absolutely. You guys, you guys are amazing. I'd love to chat with you anytime. Wonderful. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Well, there you have it, Shane. Uh, I, I, I mean, there. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this podcast just like piece by piece and let each of these little stories and, and pieces of, of wisdom and, and spiritual, you know, I mean, just let this wash over me. I mean, every single thing Rick has said is, you know, that is an hour long or, you know, that's a, that's a sermon in itself to, to sit and listen to. Wow. I can't wait for part two. That's all I can say. Absolutely. And I hope nobody that's listening will miss it. We'll catch you on the next one. Until then, God bless.